whatever it is that you are working towards, whatever you're trying to achieve, I'm guessing that if you're being completely honest, you sometimes have some doubts about whether you will be successful. Maybe you've tried to do this thing before and failed. Maybe that's happened several times. And that's okay. Believe me, you are in good company. In fact, if you're trying to do anything significant, you should have doubts. If anyone is trying to guarantee to you that you will succeed, maybe if you follow their three-step method or their seven-part strategy, they are not being upfront with you. Here's the hard truth. If you want to succeed, you have to be willing to risk failing. In fact, if there's anything that actually can guarantee success, it's probably being willing to fail repeatedly if necessary. But let's not make this harder than it needs to be. Let's talk about how to make this easier. All right. All right. Everyone, take your seats or lace up your sneaks. We're about to get started. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel. And in this show, we talk about what it takes to create healthier mindsets and habits in our own lives, as well as how we can create healthier communities and workplaces. Whether you're working on your own health and well-being or promoting healthy behaviors is your job, we're going to talk about what works, what's hard, what's needed, and what's next. Let's jump in. You know when you're listening to or watching an interview with someone who's succeeded at a very high level, and they're talking about all the ways that they failed before they succeeded. And when we hear that coming from someone successful, it's much easier for us to see that all their failures were necessary steps to success. There's that Japanese proverb, I'm sure you've heard it, it goes, nana karobi ya oki, which means, Fall down seven times, get up eight. Success doesn't mean that you never fall down. It simply means that you always get back up. And that's all well and good when it's stitched on a pillow or posted on someone's Instagram feed. But when it's us that just fell down for the seventh time, it's another story. We tend to see our own past failures in a very different light. You know, I pride myself on taking a very evidence-based approach to health and nutrition and behavior change. And if we have tried to do something many times and we have failed every time, it's easy to see this as evidence, evidence that we are not capable of succeeding. And often we use this as a reason to stop trying. And I think that's especially true if We are liable to see our failure or our failures as proof that we're just not good enough or just not good, full stop. Maybe it's not that you didn't want it enough or you didn't try hard enough. Maybe you simply didn't have the support and the tools that you needed to succeed. And speaking of support and tools, just a quick sidebar, I do have some exciting news to share about the Way Less program. I'm going to talk about that at the end of the episode, so if that's not of any interest to you, you don't have to hang around. But if you have been waiting all year, be sure you stick around to the end for that news. So it is really easy to see our past failures as evidence that we cannot succeed, to believe that our past predicts our future. 
And I'm thinking of my friend Molly Watts. You've heard Molly on the podcast many times, and she hosts a podcast called The Alcohol Minimalist. And in that podcast, she talks frequently and very openly about her own struggle to control, to manage her drinking behavior. It went on for years. Here's her talking about that. When I first started doing the work to change my drinking, I truly did not know if I could be successful. All the evidence from my past suggested that I couldn't be. In fact, looking at all of my past attempts to change simply created an even greater sense of doubt. And the first thing I had to give up was thinking that my fears and doubts were reasons to not take action. For decades, Molly was completely convinced that she was not capable of changing her relationship to alcohol until she did exactly that. And now, years later, she's helped hundreds of people do the same thing, create a peaceful relationship with alcohol, whether that means successfully moderating or not drinking at all. And most, if not all, of the people that she has helped had tried countless times before without success. And it's the same situation with most of the people who ultimately find success in the Way Less program. Most of them had failed countless times before. And over the years, I have interviewed many of our clients about their experiences, and it's always so striking to me to hear them describe how they felt when they first started working with us. It's, you just really hear how many of them were simply resigned to the struggle. For example, here's our client, Zara. I just got to the stage where I thought I'm always going to struggle like this. I'm always going to feel this way about my body. Or our client, Cheryl, who described it this way to me. She said, there was always this sadness and feeling like I was to blame because I wasn't being strict enough with myself. Or here's Andrew describing a pattern that is so familiar. People who repeatedly have short-term success with weight loss, but then it's always followed by a relapse. I had tried to lose weight on on my own and with help uh, in a variety of ways over uh, the course of many years. I had tried things like, you know, screwing up my willpower so that I could, you know, decide not to eat or whatever, or clobber it with exercise. And, you know, those strategies worked for a time. And then the inevitable boomerang, you know, putting back everything I lost, usually with interest. So obviously, all of these folks did decide to try again. They screwed up their courage. And they tried one more time. And all of them succeeded in transforming their lives, in really remaking their relationship with food and with their bodies, often in ways they never expected. Here's Zara again. So I no longer go to bed feeling bad about myself. I'm able to separate what I eat from who I am. It's given me a lot of confidence in um, relationships and um, work. It just feels so, I feel healthy. I feel healthy in my my body and in my mind. And here's Andrew talking about what's changed for him. I used to feel that putting the weight back after I lost it was almost like something that was out of my control. You know, I'll, I'll exercise my eyeballs, I'll lose, a, you know, my eyeballs out and lose a bunch of weight. But 
you know, whether it's this week or next month, it's, it's coming back. And now I feel like I have some techniques that I can use to try to keep that from happening. And I have this sense that I'm not powerless. And finally, I just want to share this beautiful clip from our client, Erica. It's, this moves me to tears every time I hear it. I think one of the biggest moments of joy because of the program was New Year's Eve when you kind of, you know, do this reflection on your year. And, and I realized for the first time ever in my like memory, I didn't have a resolution around weight loss. And I just felt free. You know, it was just like this feeling of, no, I got this. Like, this isn't a thing anymore. It is just so gratifying to witness these sorts of transformations. But my real point here is that every one of these people had failed many times before, and yet they decided to try again. Now, of course, our attempts need to be informed by our failures. If we just keep trying the same way over and over and over again, we are likely to get the same results. So first we need to ask ourselves, what didn't work? Why wasn't it working? How might we try differently? Listening back to so many of these conversations with clients, and I will put links to these in the show notes if you are interested in listening to them in their entirety. I think they're all really worth a few minutes of your time. But when I listen back to these, I notice that there always seems to be a point in each of these conversations where they talk about what went into their decision to take that risk of failing one more time. And each of them mentions that they had been listening to my podcasts for a while. They had a good sense of how I think about things. They had a certain amount of trust that my approach was grounded in science, that I knew what I was doing. And most of them also mention having the sense that this particular program, our Way Less program, was actually quite different from the things that they had tried in the past. And all of those things helped them overcome those self-doubts. But even so, it required a certain leap of faith. Because every time we try again, we can't know for certain whether that will be the time that we actually succeed. We only know that in the rearview mirror. There are no guarantees. Unless, of course, we decide to just stop trying, in which case we are guaranteed not to succeed. But what I want you to know and understand is that this is simply the landscape of change. These sorts of doubts are normal. They're universal. And this is more than just a proverb or an inspirational quote. Virtually all success is built on a foundation of failure, and we cannot let our past failures be evidence that we can't succeed. Because that is manifestly and demonstrably untrue. I want to share one last little clip. This is from a conversation that I had last year with Marika. And she's talking about how she made the decision to try again after struggling for years to find something that worked, but was then also actually sustainable. Here's Marika. I was gathering evidence. I mean, everything I've seen so far looked like it was evidence-based and and then finally, I'm like, what if this actually worked? Again, I've put links to all of these conversations in the show notes, and this is a great one to listen to. But I love this question because she's allowing herself to imagine her life as someone who had succeeded in creating the change that she was seeking. 
what would come next. Because when you really think about it, reaching your goal, that is just a moment. It's over in a flash. So we do need to think about what will come next. So I want to recommend that instead of asking yourself, what if I fail? Ask yourself, what if this works? And allow yourself to imagine what that would look like. What would it make possible for you? What would you do next? Because whenever people are realizing these sorts of transformations, it's not so much that they have succeeded, it's that they are succeeding. Now, I I wish I could say that every single person I've ever worked with was succeeding by the time our work finished. Some of them did fail to reach the goals that they had set, at least on the timeline that they had set for themselves. I continue to hope and to believe that what they learned will one day contribute to their eventual success. But what is it that the successful people have in common? Well, I think it's not the people who say, okay, I'm going to give this one last shot. And if this doesn't work, I've heard people say that, and I have never found that to be a particularly successful mindset. From my observation, it's not about who is most determined to win. It's more about the determination to learn, to be curious, to engage with the process, to trust the process. And yes, sometimes succeeding includes some failing. So please, whatever change you are dreaming of yourself for your future, please don't let the fact that you have tried and failed before, even lots of times, keep you from trying again. Nanakarobi ya oki. But try smarter. View your failed attempts as necessary parts of your success. Bring your curiosity and your creativity to this because change is a creative process. And know that your willingness to learn and to grow is ultimately more powerful than your determination to reach a certain specific goal or outcome. Okay, for those who have been waiting for uh, the reopening of the Wayless program, here is some updates for you. So we've been closed for renovation since January 2023, almost an entire year. And we are now finally ready to open the doors on January 1st, 2024. And by the way, it's not because I believe you need to wait till the new year or Monday or next month or anything like that in order to begin the process of change. It's just that's how long we needed to be ready. But a lot has changed since the last time we opened enrollment for this program. So I'm going to be holding an informal info session on Zoom on December 14th. It's going to be a chance to tell you more about what to expect. You can ask any questions that you might have. We can talk about whether or not this is a good fit for you. And you can sign up to attend that info session by going to wayless.life info. If this is something that you're interested in or you've been thinking about, I hope to see you there. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Monica Reinagle. Our show is produced by me, Brock Armstrong. You'll find links to everything Monica mentioned in today's episode in our show notes, as well as on our website at changeacademypodcast.com, where you can also send us an email or leave us a voicemail. 
If you're finding this podcast helpful, we hope you'll subscribe or even better, give our show a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. Or, best of all, share this episode with a friend or colleague you think would enjoy it. Now here's to the changes we choose.